Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! Well, it it's noon here in uh, in Bethesda, Maryland, and in West Virginia, and this is news that you can use from YAA with well your host today, uh, Ray and Justin, because well Zach's up in the Big Apple, uh, speaking at an event from uh, that one of his uh, venture capitalist firms is hosting today. Justin, how are you? Feeling lovely. Just came off of the YAA Electric Plugged In live show where we talk all things EVs, but now I'm happy to be here with you. I feel like we might uh, eventually be talking about EVs, you know? That's, well, that's where I, the industry's I, headed. I, I think the theme of today's show with the with subscriptions and software and things like that ultimately will lead us into the EV realm because, well, I, I just think that's the... Uh, that's that's the highway we seem to be traveling at the moment, whether we should be or shouldn't be. So why don't we jump right in? I'm going to share my screen because, you know, I've gotten so good at this that, well, I just feel compelled to have to do it all the time. I'm proud um, of you. So I'm going to share my screen. Uh, that's not the one I wanted. This is the one I wanted. This is Hyundai will spend $12.6 billion dollars to dive into software-defined vehicles. The automaker said it will create a new operating system for the uh, for over-the-air updates on in all Hyundai, Kia, and Genesis vehicles by 2025. The sweeping initiative will usher in a wave of software-defined vehicles armed with technology that performs at blazing speeds. Well, I, I suppose it's okay if the technology performs at blazing speeds as long as the people driving the vehicles do not. Uh, I hope it's affordable, but let, let's be real here. Ray, it's because they uh, see another revenue stream coming at them. But um, um, yeah, it, it is. And, and, and um, you know, there's, I think it's about five or six uh, paragraphs down. But this is what they said. Constantly upgradable software will provide diverse, stable revenue streams while offering fresh functionality and features to keep customers' vehicles up to date. So I, I, the way I take that, Justin, is that you're going to buy a car and it's going to have certain functionality when you buy it. And they're going to develop through software new functionalities that could be utilized within the vehicle that you've already bought. Okay. But if you want those new functionalities, you'll have to pay for them. You'll have to, you'll have to pay for the software updates that will allow you to get those new functionalities. And my suspicion is that somewhere down the line, um, some of these functionalities will become subscription type functionalities where you can pay for them on a monthly basis or an annualized basis. Is that how you see this? Yes, I think that's where we're headed. But here's why this article is so particularly interesting to me. It's because I own a 2022 Hyundai. It's an Ionic 5. And it comes with something that they call Highway Drive Assist 2. So this is basically 
Tesla's autopilot. It's only it only works on highways. The, uh -huh. the lines have to be clearly marked on the road, but it'll drive for you within the lane. It will adapt. Um, what do they call it? Adaptive cruise control combined yes. with lane centering. That's basically what it is. Adaptive cruise control combined with lane centering. It doesn't wobble in the lane. It actually stays pretty well centered. So this came standard with the car. I'm well aware it's built into the price of the car. But yes. if, if they're offering this with the vehicle for Hyundai Group's more premium vehicles in 2022, are they going to be taking features away and then making future buyers pay for them? I well, know. I, you know, reading this, it says... It, it will see the establishment of a global software center, uh, the introduction of a level three, now is an autonomous driving system. Yes. I'm assuming that yours is level two. Yes. Uh, okay. The only one on the market with a level three autonomous driving system right now is, this may surprise you, Ray. Any guesses? Um, uh, if I were to guess, would it be a Tesla? It's Mercedes-Benz. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, le level three autonomy means that you can actually take your eyes off the road, take your hands off the steering wheel. You actually don't have to pay attention. Um, the car will alert you when you need to reapply your attention, right? It'll beep or something and say, please take take control within five seconds. But you, it, you can literally not pay attention to driving. Right now in a Tesla, even with full self-driving beta, or especially in my Ionic 5, I've definitely got to pay attention to the road. You always got to pay attention and be ready to take over at any time at a moment's notice. Um, autopilot can turn off. I actually know uh, an example of this, a very recent example of this from a Tesla employee who was driving a Tesla's vehicle. So uh, okay. company vehicle, company vehicle. Autopilot on the interstate just turned off randomly and he skid he 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 hit the side rail. So he scraped up the company vehicle because their own self-driving technology turned off randomly and he wasn't ready for that. So only Mercedes-Benz is level three, but it looks like Hyundai Group says they're going to be there in 2025. By 2025, there are going to be several other automakers getting to level three, too. So that's not really breaking news of any sort, but uh, they are, sure are throwing a lot of money at it, aren't they? Well, but but it would seem to me with this new setup that they're talking about, um, that you in your vehicle where you have level two will be able to, to pay for the additional software updates so that you would now be able to become when it's available level three autonomous driving so that even though you purchased your car this year, okay, the, the idea of the sale being complete and done is no longer the case. The, it appears to me that the concept here is that that the sale is always ongoing, that, yeah. that the vehicle is a vehicle for additional sales within that vehicle. That um, is correct. Um, but one thing I want to point out is that the vehicles also have to be hardware capable of these types of upgrades. So, for example, okay. even Tesla, the, the older Model S's, they did not have the right hardware to be able to become capable of full self-driving beta. So Tesla said, yeah, thanks for buying that, you know, I don't know, 2015 Tesla Model S for $80,000. But if you want to try out that actual full self-driving that you paid for way back then, you're going to have to come in and pay for a chip upgrade so that you'll have the hardware to be able to have the full self-driving. So, for example, what I'm getting at is my Ionic 5, it's a 2022 model year. 
it's not going to be capable of these things. Th this will have to be incorporated into the engineering of their models going forward. I guess I'll miss out, but I don't really have any complaints about my car. I'm fine with how it is. No subscriptions well, for me. Well, let me ask you a question. What if, what if, and, 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 you know, God knows what, what the creative minds can come up with. Um, but what if they come up with some programs that would suddenly be available for your vehicle that aren't in the vehicle now, but with a, a software update an over the air software update, you could then have it, but in order to be able to utilize it, you would have to pay a monthly or an annualized subscription to it. Do you see that as as a uh, potential revenue stream for people who have already purchased their vehicles moving forward? Yes, it is. Um, I'm not sure to what extent, though. For example, I know that Ionic 5 owners and, and many EV owners who don't have what is called battery preconditioning would love them some battery preconditioning because that means you will charge at the fastest speeds possible all the time. Your battery warms up to charge. Mm -hmm. um, I would pay a one-time fee for that, but I'm sure as hell not going to pay 10 bucks a month for battery preconditioning. So I don't know what the feasibility is. We'll have to see. Um, and, and, and just carrying this a bit further, we know that Stellantis has uh, has started to invest money in software because they see the possibilities of of um, these subscription services in the future being able to produce as much as thirty billion dollars a year in revenue, so that it, it 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 seems to me that the new outlook for manufacturers is the sale is just the beginning, the initial sale of the vehicle, whether it be uh, direct to consumer or through the dealership is just the beginning of the way that these manufacturers want to continue selling you things for that particular vehicle. Um, so that you never, you never stop either subscribing to, to features that you want in your vehicle or, or you just never stop paying for different, aspects of your vehicle it it, it it just seems like it goes on forever it's never yeah. ending yeah and we're not even getting into the whole subscription model for getting rid of basically vehicle ownership which some have said could be around the corner i know fisker uh ev startup yes. starting their deliveries in 2023 fisker has a really popular uh model where you're essentially renting the car month to month there's no long-term lease. It's monthly rentals, mm -hmm. but you can rent it for as long as you like. And I can't help but wonder if uh, that's going to be tied into this somehow. But uh, that's a brain, brain experiment, thought experiment right there. It, 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 wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Now, I, I'm going to change gears a little bit, if I may. And, and the only reason I'm doing it is, well, because I have you here and yeah. you are our resident EV expert. Um, so I, I wanted to talk about some plans, and I'm going to share my screen again. Um, I wanted to talk about some plans that uh, Honda has. Um, Honda and LG uh, are planning to build a $3.5 billion battery plant in Ohio, and Honda will retool three of their nearby existing plants. Um, have, have you had the opportunity to look at this at all to see what it is because we know that right now Honda has a a working agreement with the GM 
uh, to help them build their electric vehicles initially. Yeah, so to put this into perspective, Honda's first fully electric vehicle coming to the United States will be the Honda Prologue, arriving late in 2023. It is literally a GM-built EV just with a Honda badge on it. GM is building it for Honda here in the United States. It's going to be powered by the Ultium electric platform, which GM okay. engineered with LG. Honda doesn't make its own EVs, at least not for now. This is going to change that, but as you and I know, building a factory takes time. So we're not really going to see the outcome, the, the results of this new uh, battery plant built in Ohio until 2025, 2026. Um, in fact, in this article, it says that Honda doesn't plan to launch its own e-architecture electric platform until 2026. That means for the next... Three years, Honda will continue to rely on none other than GM for its EVs. That's pretty interesting to think about. It, it is when you think about it. Now, um, is GM working um, with LG as yes. well on their? So, so knowing that th th this Honda LG um, partnership could make total sense since. Uh, Honda right now is is relying on GM's batteries, which are partially um, produced uh, using the expertise of LG. Yes, LG Energy now, yeah, now known as LG Energy Solutions, used to be known as LG Chem. They supply batteries to GM, to Tesla. Tesla gets batteries from anywhere they can find them because they need a lot of batteries. Yes. Volkswagen. Um, we got to keep in mind that LG back when it was known as LG Kim, was actually the one responsible for the huge Chevy Bolt battery fire debacle. Yeah, They they engineered that battery, but the, the working relationship continues. It moves forward. And um, now they're working on... They, well, so first of all, the Ultium platform, that was engineered in a partnership through both GM and LG Energy Solutions. But that is separate from Honda's new e-architecture platform that this whole Ohio plant is going to be focused on. Um, it's, it's, it's fascinating, but it's, it's really LG Energy Solutions that's doing the en engineering, not so much GM or Honda. And, and I read something somewhere um, that uh, one of the future electric vehicles that, that uh, Honda is going to come out with is the ZDX. In, in other words... Every bad idea that any manufacturer ever has, um, um, well, can just be brought back to life again. Because as we know, the gasoline-powered ZDX um, was around during my days with the, with Acura, and basically that vehicle was the was the answer to the question that nobody ever asked. They just they just decided to invest billions of dollars to come out with the vehicle. Well that they didn't really do a very good job of market research on and, and nobody really wanted it. And I believe it, it ran either three or four model years, um, but it never garnered any great demand uh, because it was, I, it, well, it was once described trying to get into the backseat in one of the reviews. It's like human origami <laughs> trying to get into the backseat. I mean, there there was no headroom. It was just the, the door opening was too too small. It was just the most uncomfortable, stupid vehicle ever. Uh, fun to drive because I drove one as a demo for a while, and it really was fun to drive. Um, 
but it made no sense. And and so it, it'll be having a comeback as an electric vehicle. Um, I guess it'll be an Acura again. Um, but yeah, any name that somebody comes up with can be brought back at any point in time. Yeah. Um, apparently. Um, yeah. And Volkswagen bought the Scout brand name. So yes. now Scout's going to come back. And that's a whole controversy in itself. But uh, one thing I wanted to share real quick, since we're talking about Honda briefly, um, the Honda Prologue. So yes. the Honda Prologue, we have actual pictures now. And I want to know what you guys in the chat think. Which is better, the pre-production concept, which is right here, pre-production concept, this is what we thought it would look like, or uh -huh. the pr production-ready Prologue EV? Which do you like more? What, what do you think? Scroll back Ray? up. Scroll back up. Um, I think I like the concept. Yeah, I think I do too. I know Justice. I think Justice is with us right now. I believe Justice likes the production-ready Prologue EV, but this is the first fully electric vehicle Honda will be bringing to America out late next year. Still waiting on an official price, but uh, they say it is uh, neo-rugged or something like that, which is a cheesy term. That's the rear of the actual vehicle, not the concept. So, uh, yeah. Right now, Honda's only fully electric vehicle is the Honda E, which is sold only in Asia and Europe. But is is it is it my imagination or does everybody's new electric vehicle look the same i mean it they're every one of them basically has the same boxy look um mine doesn't look at mine well i don't know <laughs> I, I mean they 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 just they all seem to look alike not even mine. yours they're, they're no. square and boxy um i'm sorry but they do i don't care i don't <laughs> care whose name you put on them you know they they just they just tend to look like that why is that well what i can say is that evs are bu built on a skateboard infrastructure so it's a skateboard that because mean? that means that the floor is where the batteries are. It's like the skateboard's yes. the part you stand on. And then that allows for a longer wheelbase because you've got compact, relatively small electric motors. If it's all-wheel drive, you got a motor in the front, a motor in the back. Each one is about the size of a duffel bag. They're pretty small. Um, yeah. And that allows for engineers to be much more flexible with how they design the interior and then consequently the exterior of the vehicle. That's the best I've got for you, Ray. Uh, skateboard design means that this is where we're headed. Longer wheelbases, longer wheelbases. I, I get that, but why? Why does every one of them look like a box? If 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 the know. designers can can do more, um, if they have more space to utilize, um, why why do they all have to look the same? I mean. You know, if you pull up a, what is it, the Volkswagen ID four, it looks like that. Yeah, if you it does. Pull up if if you pull up a, a, because they're e crossovers, Ray. They're crossovers. That's why. well, but but every one of them looks the same. It was like there's one friggin' designer for all of these, and they just put a different badge on them. Well, here's another uh, another tidbit of info I will share with everyone. So everyone seems to want crossovers. What is it like seventy percent? Do you know the numbers, Ray? It's a pretty it, high number. It's, it's it's too high, but yes, yeah. everybody wants wants a sport okay, utility so or, or crossover type vehicle. If everybody wants a crossover and you're going electric, and the aerodynamics of the shape of a crossover or SUV works against what you're trying to achieve with better EV range, better EV efficiency, something has to give. 
And what they end up doing is they literally run com computer simulations, computer models, to find out what shapes would have the least drag, um, the, the best efficiency, okay. but also suiting the needs of those who want a crossover. So you know what they end up coming up with, Ray? Basically the same shape. It's an, the best, the most aerodynamic shape you can get, but also still have it being a crossover. Okay, because because I swear to you, it looks just like a pole star. They all look the same. <laughs> <laughs> they just do. Uh, let's move on, Ray. This is just. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay, let's so talk GM. I need, what? Let's talk GM. I I was about to pull that up. Um, GM is establishing a new unit to help connect EVs with the power grid. GM Energy intends to fill a white space. I didn't know there was a white space, but apparently there is, at a time when transportation and energy are increasingly connected. Um, so in essence, uh, one of the largest looming questions about the mass adoption of electric vehicles is whether the power grid can keep up with increased demand. And you know that my feeling is that the grid's not quite ready for it, nor is the infrastructure there for it. It's to, not yeah. for people to be able to get uh, to, to, to charge their vehicles when traveling. And I realize that most people who have electric vehicles charge them at home because, well, they're not taking them on long trips all the time. So I get that, but you still need to have like charging stations for when people yep. do take them on long trips mm -hmm. so and they need to work so general motors wants to provide an answer and perhaps some power uh to ensure reliability in both utility operators and, and motorists so they're trying to i guess build a network of some kind yeah um they haven't released enough details for us to know if they're going to go the ford route or they're going to go the tesla route and here's what i mean by that Okay. Tesla is actually deep into the utility scale energy business right now. They provide backup power to actual utilities. Um, it's it's interesting. That's a whole nother topic. Whereas Ford, they had some announcements like this a few years ago. But now that the F-150 Lightning is actually here, Ford has just turned what we are seeing with GM. But they've turned this into another revenue stream. Here's what I mean. Yes. Okay. One of the big selling points of the F-150 Lightning is that it can back up your home's power should the power go out, right? Yes. But after it, sales were started, we now know that if you want to do that with the F-150 Lightning, if you want to power your home with your truck, it will cost $3,900 to get the appropriate installation done uh, through one of Ford's certified partners. So wow. I can't help but wonder if this is not quite what it seems from GM. Uh, a little bit too early to know the details, but uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, I don't want to make any too far out speculations, right? Well, not to speculate on anything, but I need to ask you a question as our resident EV expert. Um, I I I seem to recall reading some articles that there are issues with public charging facilities, and and the issues are is that many of the chargers don't work mm -hmm. you know, that many of them are broken um yep. and i've that, experienced and, this and, okay and that and that whoever owns these networks or they just don't take care of the facilities um and and repair these issues uh, you know i i seem to recall reading something like one place where they had like four chargers and only th only one of them worked 
Um, that's something I've experienced. Okay, well, that's a pretty big issue, I would think, um, especially if we hope to get to the point or if the government hopes we get to the point where the majority of the vehicles on the road are electric vehicles so that when we have uh, people traveling our interstate highways going from east to west or west to east or ha- wherever they're going, they'll be able to, to uh, access the electricity they need in order to keep their vehicles charged. Well, who's going to see to it that these damn things work? Because, you know, at most gas stations, you know, they, they have 8, 10, 12 pumps. You know, if one or two of the pumps are not operating properly, you still have 10. Yeah. You know, if, if you're in a public facility that has uh, a half a dozen uh, uh, charging stations there, and only three of them work, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's a big problem. And here's what I'm going to say to um, make you feel a little bit better about the future of EV charging. Capitalism, okay, competition. Tesla yeah. is almost certain to open up the massive supercharger network to everyone in 2023. Uh, Tesla service technician told me that they've started having meetings about this. Okay. It's been rumored on the internet for a long time. Lots of people who work in Tesla seem to leak information to the rest of us. And yeah, thank you for that. But um, Tesla figured out charging early on. They're going to continue to expand their network using the money from people like me with non-Tesla EVs, right? Paying a premium to use their excellent network that has 98% uptime. Tesla EV chargers work consistently. Very rarely do you encounter a Tesla charger that is broken. How do they do it? They maintain them very, very frequently. Um, They proactively replace parts on their chargers before they break. They replace the cables, the handles, and all that. Um, I'm worried that we are going to end up with a bunch of trash chargers that are poorly maintained. One out of four are working. And those are going to be the networks that get forgotten and end up being just a waste of space. And then we're going to have those who have figured out how to efficiently do charging and maintain upkeep and those are going to be the ev chargers that we use in the years to come it looks like starting in 2023 i myself i'll probably be using the supercharger network paying a premium for it i don't even have a tesla but if they work i'm going to pay a premium to go to that network i have a question for you and and i really literally do not know the answer to this so here here's my question i'm going to preface it with a little history there was a time when there were things called video cassette recorders and there <laughs> was Sony made beta and, mm-hmm. and I think Panasonic at the time made VHS and, and it was, it was a challenge as to which one was going to be the preferred type. And yep. it turned out to be VHS, not, not Sony's beta. My question to you is, is, is there one unified charging plug that every manufacturer uses for their vehicles when they when they need to be charged yes today we are moving all towards ccs uh, and then there's the tesla charger okay so the tesla plug and the ccs plug there you've got two options right now in europe they've already announced the standard where everyone including tesla has to go ccs okay there was a third one called Chatamo. It's basically the, what was it called? The beta example that lost to VHS. 
Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. Chatamo is the beta equivalent. Chatamo was used only by Nissan. Nobody else used it. And it is now out the window. Okay. Uh, it's, it's dying. But in 2023, there are two options. If you buy a Tesla, the Tesla connector, if you buy anything else, it's a CCS connector and you can buy adapters that make them interchangeable for both. Uh, th- that's what people do. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Because I had no idea because it just seems to me that, that it should be a standard, you know, like the USB-C connectors. It should just be standard and, mm-hmm. and everybody should utilize the same. Um, yeah. I have one last item that I wanted to, to uh, talk about today. Um, be, well, because you're here, damn it. Um, <laughs> and this is electric vehicles are exploding from water damage after Hurricane Ian, uh, top Florida officials warn. I know you've read this article, mm-hmm. but apparently uh, salt water and, and these battery packs um, weren't meant to spend a lot of time together. Is that correct? That is correct. I don't have a lot to say about this. Here's what I've got to say. Anytime an EV or any type of metal, but it's, it's dangerous with an EV. When an EV sits in salt water, corrosion happens very quickly. If you break the seal in the battery pack, that can cause ther- thermal runaway, and that is a problem. It is very difficult to put out electric vehicle fires. Um, that's a problem for fire departments across the country. That's why automakers, including GM, every automaker as far as I know, they send millions of dollars to firefighter training organizations every year, and they're being asked to up that commitment because of what you just shared with us. So I'm not going to downplay that at all. I will say that that is a very fringe scenario because EVs sitting in salt water does not happen very often. Uh, no. It happens during hurricanes, and that's a problem. we got to work on yes. it. But um, yes, that, that's a problem. It's, it's chemistry. It's chemistry. That's what it is. It's 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 simple chemistry. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I mean, I had no idea. Um, do you have, not to put you on the spot, but if if a Tesla battery pack had to be replaced because of something like that, uh, how expensive would that be? I don't know if they would just total the whole car. I don't know how insurance would handle it. But replacing a Tesla battery pack in 2022. You're looking at like fifteen grand. So it's not um, cheap. Yeah, and 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 obviously, if 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 the if they explode or or there's a fire, well, that they're not going to be replacing battery packs. They'll just be totaling the vehicle. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, unintended consequence that nobody probably really thought much of, especially the good folks in in the hurricane ravaged states when they were buying their electric vehicles i will share one last thing with you about this i saw an ad for a for a used electric vehicle from a dealership and and in the meat and potatoes of the ad right underneath the picture of of uh, the electric vehicle was this phrase free lifetime oil changes um, now, now, even I know that, well, electric vehicles don't use oil, do they? There are gears within the electric motor that have a tiny amount of oil. That's all I will say. That's fact. There are actually is a very tiny amount of oil in there, but it's very tiny. It's, don't need to change it. It lasts for it, the life of the vehicle, as they say. 
Uh, yeah, so I, I but, mean, it's not like you're going to take your electric vehicle back to this dealer and and request your one of your free um, oil changes that, that no. you'll have for the lifetime that you own the vehicle. I just I thank you for sharing that, Ray. Yeah, yeah. I I found it somewhat humorous <laughs> that the dealer was stupid enough to not realize. Well, that doesn't apply in this case, well, but well, whatever. I know we got to go, but here's what I got to say to our 350 live viewers and anyone else who's watching this: before you just write off EVs as a bunch of junk, test drive one, or even ride as a passenger in one, because. I think a lot of people can just be convinced that it's not the worst future possible, that it can actually be pretty fun and exciting. It could be, a, you know, a, an awesome vehicle to drive if you just simply test drive one or ride in one, because you might be surprised with what you find. I, you know, and, and I, I was not trying to paint the picture of, of a naysayer for evs or trying to paint the picture that they're crap because i i don't necessarily think they do and i think uh, alternative fuel source vehicles are a way uh, the way of the future um mm -hmm. whether it be battery electric as you know it today or some other form of non-polluting um type of uh, infrastructure for cars or i don't know what polluting. it'll be yeah less polluting yes um but yeah i, I mean with the amount of money that has been committed by manufacturers towards um, battery plants, uh, future EV production, uh, it would seem to me that there's no way around electric vehicles moving forward. Mm -hmm. the, the good news is for me, it won't mean much um, because, you know, maybe my Uber driver will take me in a, in an EV one day. I don't know, but I know I won't own one because I don't drive enough to ever own one. To pay yep. the extra but yeah it's it, it's part of the future there's no no doubt about it and i'll, I'll be the first to say that it's going to be messy though it's going to be a messy future with battery supply shortages inaffordability issues um even environmental issues with issues, lithium yeah. mining so it's going to be a messy future but it is where we're headed it's pretty clear uh, at this point apparently so i want to thank you for for pulling double duty today you did your show at 11 and, and then you were kind enough and gracious enough to fill in for Zach today. I believe um, if you're up for it, you'll be back here again tomorrow and, and Kimberly will join us tomorrow. So yep. tomorrow we'll be back here again at noon uh, Eastern nine Pacific with more news that you can use from YAA. Um, and it'll be uh, the, the threesome of myself, Justin and the F and I goddess Kimberly Klein. Thanks yep. again, Justin. Thank you, everybody, for watching, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye, everyone. Join us again next time. Which is probably tomorrow. To get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon.